0: touchdown jackpot baby josh jacobs welcome to the jt the brick show always exciting to play at home we all want to play at home and this is an unbelievable venue to play at it's time for the jt the brick show on a personal level for me i, I just we, we can't wait to get the game day right we can't wait to get on the grass JT the
1: brick cars up underneath james gonna fire quickly jackpot
0: baby touchdown Raiders on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. Here's your host JT the Brick
1: out of the gate JT live today from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center I am in the Raider facility today on a really big day as the Raiders have a short week as they prepare to take on the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. If you're traveling, if you're getting out on the road from my family to your family, have a great, healthy, safe Thanksgiving holiday. No way I'd rather open it up than one of the all-time greats, the Hall of Famer, who we saw. He was out here honored before the Kansas City game on Sunday Night Football. Charles Woodson kicks off the show. Charles, thanks for doing this. Hope you're having a great day. How are you?
2: I am having a great day, man. Uh, good to talk to
1: you. Thanks, Charles. Let's jump right in. Before we get to Raiders in the NFL and the work you're doing on Fox, big week for Michigan football. Ohio State, both of these forces colliding now. Ohio State coming off a big win. Clearly Michigan peaking at the right time, coming off the loss to Michigan State. Preview this game and what's on the line and how your alma mater can win this game.
2: Yeah, I think both teams held up their end of the bargain, you know, coming into this game, both of them having big wins. Um, and in particular, of course, you know, Michigan, you know, we uh, we had to take care of business. You know, we got that one loss on our schedule against Michigan State. I don't think we should have should have lost that game. But uh, we continue to win and win big last week, so it gives this, this game a lot of hype. Um, and I think this year, man, more than any year going into this game, you know, I'm uh, you know, very positive and upbeat about this Wolverines team because of the way that the defense has been playing um, and, and where they are best at. And I think that's up front with uh, Ajabo and, and Hutchinson, you know, two guys, man, that can really put pressure on quarterbacks. And I think that's going to be important playing this Ohio State team. Stroud has been playing great football. They got a three-headed monster at receiver, man, that's you know, probably best in the country right now. Um, so we'll have to good pressure on Stroud, man, and limit some of those big plays downfield. But I'm very confident in the way that our defense goes out and performs and makes big plays. So I can't wait. This is going to be a big one.
1: Charles, you built, your whole, uh, you built your Heisman legacy in this rivalry before you came to the NFL. It's the same story. No matter what happens during the year, it comes down to this game. You just want to limit the losses and have an opportunity for this game to matter to play in the college playoffs, and both teams are there. So Michigan has got to be as fired up as ever over the last couple of years with Harbaugh to put the program back in this position to have a great game and advance in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, they got to. I mean, this is this is this is as close as they're gonna get, you know, to having an opportunity to get into that, you know, that college playoff. You know, you win this one, you know, you try to win your division, get to the Big Ten championship game, and then have an opportunity uh, to play for a championship. That's one thing that, you know, when Harbaugh was brought in, that's what they brought him in for. They brought him in to beat Ohio State and to get us in a in a, in a position to play for a national championship. And so this is this is as good as time as any to go out there and win a. Huge game uh, against Ohio State, and just to continue to advance. So, um, of course, you know there's always a lot of um, you know controversy surrounding Jim Harbaugh. You know, should he be there? Should he not be there? You know, because of past uh, performances. But hey, you know, every year he's going to give you nine or ten wins. Uh, but it just it really does come down to this game and having that opportunity to go to a Big Ten championship and ultimately play for. The American Championship.
1: Heisman Trophy winner Hall of Famer, Charles Woodson, Super Bowl champ, joins us. So, Charles, I saw you a bunch here over the last week or so, obviously out here with your business, what we'll get to, but the Raiders honored you, and it was really special. But it's been almost a month tomorrow until the last time the Raiders won a game, and it's one of the most tumultuous times in the history of this organization, from the fatality from the Henry Ruggs accident to the John Gruden emails and his resignation and the fact that they haven't won a game and they got hammered in their last two games. You were here for Kansas City and the disappointing loss to the Cincinnati Bengals at home. What are you seeing with your contacts in this organization that leads you to believe that they can turn it around going into Thanksgiving and get a desperate win at the Cowboys?
2: Um, Well, I think what what I see is is not necessarily, you know, with with just the Raiders team, but what's happening around the NFL. I mean, when you take it, for example, the Kansas City Chiefs a month ago, they were basically dead in the water. And then all of a sudden they got a chance to play a New York Giants team. They got a chance to play against the Packers team without A-Rod. And then they played against uh, the Raiders, in which the the, the Raiders, uh, which I couldn't understand, they didn't look at any of the film uh, or what people tried to do to stop Patrick Mahomes in an offense. And they stayed in the single high all game. Um, so, but now you look at the Kansas City, they've, they've gone on a little run and put themselves back in a position. So, There's opportunity, you know, for this team to get back on track. You know, the Cowboys didn't look uh, very good. You know, they're going to be missing a a left tackle in this game, so that should be some uh, some opportunities for our rush to continue to um, get after the quarterback, get after Dak. I don't know how CD Lamb's going to fare, you know, coming off a concussion. So there's an opportunity for the Raiders to, you know, get a a win, you know, start off this short week, get a win, and kind of regroup and get themselves ready for this last stretch of the season. So there's definitely hope. But, I mean, the way things have been going, I know it doesn't look good, man, but, hey, there's always hope.
1: Charles, I know you saw Derek Carr when you were out here, your former teammate, and the critics are out out now. The critics are really on top of Derek Carr, and Derek's got to play at a higher level. He's just not playing well the last couple of weeks. The offense has completely stalled, which is a surprise because it was the strength of the team And now do you believe that they have to go back to basics, maybe play up-tempo, no huddle? What have you done in your career when you've been at practice to see an offense that was stalled to just play balls out and play desperate and play with fun and play faster? Do you think the Raiders need to do that?
2: You definitely got to take a shot. I mean, the season right now is, you know, we're halfway through the season. I mean, there's no, you you can't hold anything back at this point. In terms of Derek, you know, I think the critics have always doubted Derek, and, and no more than they are now. Uh, but Derek, man, he, some of this Derek does bring on himself. You know, when you look at that Kansas City game, um, up until midway through the third quarter, you know they were they were in that game, and Derek threw you know a couple of passes in that game where he just threw it up the grass. You know, in tight ball games when um, you know you're fighting for your, your playoff life, you can't just you can't just throw the ball in the air, man. So. Some of that criticism, you know, Derrick has brought on himself with, with some of the plays that he made or not made. So um, I think you're right in terms of this offense, though. They just look – they look sleep right now. They look sleep at the wheel. They got to find a way to wake it up, man. And, you know, the first game of the season, I remember when, you know, they, they went to Waller I think maybe 19 times. Uh, uh-huh. they, might, they might have to go back to that. Just <laughs> find you a guy that you can go to every play, man, to get this thing moving. But they, they got to do something for sure.
1: Wrapping it up with Charles Woodson, brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Tell us about the business, because I know what you're doing on Fox, and that's a tremendous commitment, traveling to the other uh, coast, but you're always focused on your brand, and the whiskey launch was incredible after the wine, and it seems like you love to go to the grocery stores, the liquor stores, meet the people on the front line, and then your clients who are buying these brands. How has that experience changed you?
2: Yeah, it's fun for me to go into stores, man, where, you know, where we're carried at and just go in and, you know, people not necessarily know who I am right out the back and ask me, hey, you know, where's the list? You you, where's the intercept? Why? And I've been to a few places where people were like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you carry that. I'm like, no, nah, yeah, you carry it. I see it right here, you know. So I like surprising people, man, um, and, and just keeping it going. It's been a great rollout. I have a great team, you know, that, that you, you know about, you, you, uh, you've dealt with over the past couple of weeks. Uh, with, with my bourbon team and you know what this last last weekend being able to be in the stadium Allegiant and and pour you know make old fashions and, and just hang out with the people and just you know kind of let them know and make them aware of what we're doing it's been a lot of fun so I'm enjoying it man and whether it's football or, or the bourbon or wine I'm just out here trying to have a good time and and enjoy it
1: Hey, Charles, last one. Uh, Heading into Thanksgiving, it seems like you have a lot to be thankful for. The job at Fox, obviously the connection to Michigan football, your connection to the Raiders and the Packers, your brands that we just spoke about, and this whirlwind tour from Canton, Ohio, to Vegas, to Green Bay, that Hall of Fame. What's it been like? Have you been able to take a step back with your wife and your kids and really soak this in as you head into the Thanksgiving holiday and appreciate everything that's happened around you?
2: You man, you're right, man. It, it's been a lot this year. It Seems like you know every weekend, you know, I have something going on in terms of uh, you know Hall of Fame, you know, being out there with the Raiders, and then you know next week coming up, it'll be the Michigan game. I'll be up there, and then going to Green Bay for uh, the Hall of Fame, you know, halftime ceremony there. So, I, you know what? I haven't had time, but I think you know when this year kind of winds down, uh, once I think the Super Bowl is over, you know us maybe take a couple of days and just go somewhere and hang out for a few days and just kind of lay back and sit back and reflect on all of it. I think that'll be the time we do it. But right now, JT, I'm rolling right now. No, no time no time to stop and rest on my laurels right now.
1: <laughs> hey, I'll leave you on this. My wife said to me today, what do you want to do tonight for your birthday? And I said, you know, two radio shows and – uh, in a, I'm doing a podcast today. I said at the end of the night I want to sit in the backyard by the pool with a Woodson bourbon whiskey and a cigar and enjoy the last couple of hours late night on my birthday. So thanks to you, uh, Will Charles, and thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Great seeing you a bunch recently. Thanks a lot for coming on.
2: Man, it, it my pleasure. And uh, what I'm going to do for you is tonight, I'm going to have me a Woodson bourbon whiskey and a cigar as well. So we'll, I'll be celebrating your birthday with you, JT. Happy birthday to
1: you, man. Thanks, Charles. Take care. Charles Woodson. Wow. Great to got, you know, Charles reached out, his team reached out to me today and to put this together is really a nice surprise. I mean, you know, I think the world, to Charles, and I got a chance to MC his uh, event at the wind club that the Raiders put on, which was a surprise party. Like you can't imagine. It was breathtaking to see what that was like. That was the Friday before the Raider game on Sunday. Anybody who went to the Raider game on Sunday saw Charles be honored on the field before the game, which is incredible. And then I wanted to talk to him. We wanted to line him up before the holidays, obviously, to talk about his brands, his wine and his whiskey, which is fantastic. And then on top of that, when they told me today we were getting him Michigan-Ohio State week, Michigan-Ohio State week? I'm like, give me some Charles Woodson today. Now, interesting what he said about Derek and some of the criticism coming up with Derek. You know, I was hard on Derek the other day, too, as we open up the show here inside the Raider facility. And I think the world to Derek Carr, just like I do Charles Woodson. And Derek Carr is going through a tough time, just like everyone is in this organization who's playing football. But it's go time. This is go time. I'm in the building today. It's go time. This is a 5-2 and two team that has played themselves into 5-5, five and five, heading into Thanksgiving on national television, where either fans around the country are stepping on the Raiders and kicking them while they're down. They're being sympathetic, saying, whoa, me. Oh my God, do you believe what the Raiders have been through? No one's been through what the Raiders have been through. And then some fans who are saying, hey, the hell with all that. Go win some football games and play better football. Just go do it and figure it out. And that's what we're trying to do here on a short week for us on radio. And we're trying to figure out what it's going to take. So part of me is very blessed and very happy. It's Thanksgiving. I want everybody to have a great holiday. Come see us at M Resort, Spawn Casino. We'll be there. I'm spending my Thanksgiving with the Raider Nation right outside the Raider Tavern and Grill to watch this game. It's a work Thanksgiving, and I'm blessed to have this job and this seat to be able to do it. But enough of this not winning a football game. It has been exactly a month tomorrow since the Raiders won a football game. And in that time, a tragedy happened where a Raider player got into a fatality accident killing Tina Tintor, which was brutal, beyond brutal. Before that, the Gruden resignation. Another first-round pick lost in Damon Arnett because he wanted to be a gangster on the internet. All of that's happened in a month. I cannot imagine anything in NFL history that compares to it because I know nothing in NFL history compares to it, period. And you've been through it all in the Raider Nation heading into the holiday season. And it's kind of, it hasn't gotten in your head. But what's happening here, because I know you, the Raider Nation, is that everybody now is saying, when's this going to stop? When's this going to stop, and when can this team go out and win a game? I can tell you from being in the building today that the team is practicing well. The team is practicing hard. The team is getting healthier. The team is doing everything they can do to prep. But what I do know, covering the NFL for 25 years, 23 with the Raiders, is that once a team is on the verge of elimination from the postseason, they don't hold their blocks as long. They don't get up as early in the morning to get to the facility. They don't stay as late. They're not in the weight room as hard as they used to be. They don't diet the way they used to be. They're kind of checked out. I can tell you 100% that that is not the Las Vegas Raiders. There's not a coach or a player who is checked out. They're all in, and they're all really pissed off. I've texted with a few players. I've talked to several people, and everybody is really angry and upset right now for what's happened here. That is fact, not fiction. But what's that going to do? Is that going to get you a win or not? Now, the good news, let's be glasses half full today. The good news on this is the fact that the Raiders are playing a team that is really beat up in a bad way. You could not be playing a team that is playing worse right now than the Dallas Cowboys. I'm talking up and down, and they got issues. Amari Cooper not vaccinated, so he had to go into the 10-day protocol, and he misses the Thanksgiving game. Now, a lot of Raider fans don't believe that, you know, this is a great Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's a hell of a player. To not have him out there is a one or two option. CeeDee Lamb with the concussion in protocol. We'll get you an update on that coming up. And then in the last game, Zeke Elliott got hurt. He got hurt in that game and kind of rolled an ankle and a foot when he went out of bounds, and he is nowhere near 100%. Dak Prescott is a very good player, but only when his team's at full strength. They have a problem with an injury at left tackle. So if the Raiders were playing well and the Raiders went from 5 and 2 to say they were 5 and 2 and then they got to 7 and 3, I think the whole country would be saying that the Raiders are an unbelievable live dog and can win this game. There's no one in this country in the national media that think the Raiders have a shot on Thanksgiving Day. There's nobody. We're back to where we were in the preseason when no one thought the Raiders were going to contend. Nobody. Nobody thought the Raiders were going to contend on the national level. And now all of those men and a few women are piling on the silver and black. So this is a gut check time. It happens in every sport. No matter what the sport is, an individual sport or a team sport, you get to a point in time where there's gut check time. And fortunately for this organization, they have Derek Carr. And I don't know where Derek is mentally. No one knows. No one knows where he is mentally on this, he, the only time we hear from Derek is when he's at the mandatory post game or doing his hits in the building with the general press. We don't know where Derek's at. We cannot figure that out. I know that to be true. I can't figure it out. So how are you going to figure it out? I'm in the building. I can't figure it out. And unless you're hanging out and playing golf, which he's not playing during the season, or hanging out with him, I don't know how you would know or have any idea what Derek Carr is thinking right now. But his body language The body language of Derek Carr is at the all-time worst in his career. So last week on the pregame show with Eric Allen, I came on and said, here's the deal. I can guarantee you they're going to open up and they're going to play up-tempo. They're going to play up-tempo. They're going to play fast. They're going to attack, attack, attack. I don't think I could have been wrong, any more wrong on that comment than anything I said this year. They were flat. They had no body language. They came out, they couldn't do anything. So, my opinion going into Thanksgiving, considering how Derek Carr was down during the game, you know, very honest and very upfront in his post game and everything he said, but he just doesn't seem right. I would hope that Derek Carr flips the switch at some point in Dallas. At some point in Dallas, he gets a text message, a phone call. Maybe it's his brother. Maybe it's someone else that says, this is your moment. This is where you have to be right now mentally. you got to clear your head. Everybody knows that Derek's going through a lot. A lot of people love Derek Carr. And I mean love him as a human being, a father, husband, a player. A lot of people, especially the fans. But now Derek's got to do something that he's done before. He's got to put the team on his back. We keep going back to 2016 pre-injury. We keep going back to Derek Carr's big moments, and there's been a number of big moments. How about last year in Kansas City, where the Raiders were electric in a big game, and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead? We've seen the great Derek Carr performances over his career. I thought this year was unbelievable against Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, and the famed Pittsburgh Steelers. Can Derek get back to that point? And if he can, he remains the quarterback of the Silver and Black. If he can't and he starts spiraling, fans are talking about sprinkling in Marcus Mariota. All right, that's where we're at right now for Derek Carr. So as Derek said, no one's going to come in and save him. I can't come in and save him. You can't come in and save him. But what we can do is we could hope if you're a real Raider fan and you want the Raiders to win, you don't have to be Negative, 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 negative. This was a five-and-two team that's five and five. They can save the season with a massive win in Dallas against a banged up Dallas team. If they beat the Cowboys in Dallas, I promise you, I'll give away something I've never given away as a gift to everybody. They're gonna beat Washington. So there is a glimmer of hope that the Raiders at five and five can get to seven and five, but they gotta beat the Cowboys. And if they lose to the Cowboys, they have to beat the Redskins to be six and six. And there's an outside chance, another miracle there. But lose to the Cowboys, and everybody's going to think the wheels are off. This is the job of Derek Carr now. Too bad. It's his job. He's got to snap out of it. He's got to come up, he's got to be angrier, he's got to get off the bench and stand up off the bench and go up and down that sideline the way Tom Brady does. Tom Brady last night ran for a first down, got up, and screamed at the fans in the end zone. Derek Carr's got to do that. And then Derek Carr has got to trust his offensive line, which is not a great offensive line, and he's got to trust his weapons, who are very good, that they can make a play for him. Trust them all, build them up this week, and make them think that they're the greatest players he's ever played with, and he's got to rally the entire franchise. That's the monologue brought to you by P.T.'s. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Head on out. Everybody likes to get out on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It's a great time to come back. If you're coming back from college, old friends meeting up together, 64 locations in the Valley, you'll have a great time watching sports and getting ready at P.T.'s. Phones should be flying today. F- Phones should be flying whenever any of us are at Raider Nation Radio are in the building. We're in the building today, so that means you're inside the building with your cell phone at 702-365-9200. And if Charles Woodson can call in, I know you can call in and sound off like you got a pair. Joe Fortenbaugh at the bottom of the hour. Reggie in North Las Vegas. Start us off, Reggie. What's happening?
0: My man, JT, every time, every time you come on, when you have these great callers come in, like my boy Charles Winston, right now that's my guy. I, I, he's like a brother to me, man. I, I love that you had him on. But every time you do your monologue, I'm sitting here listening, getting fired up. And I'm getting fired up in an angry way right now with the Raiders. Because how is it? that JT the Brick could point out these things that need to be done, and it seems like the team can't see it. The team is not reacting right. I don't know what it is. I understand all the problems we got. And like you said, we got cars back. But at the same time, as a fan, man, we want to win. It's about winning. So stats and all of that stuff, having great stats is good. It's not winning you a championship. So right now, man, I'm here brewing about why aren't they going out and just hitting it hard. Go as fast as you can, quick as you can, get a touchdown. Just keep doing it over and over and over until you can't no more. i thought back to how Carr seems comfortable when he has a great receiver. I thought back to Crabtree, how it seemed like he could fling that ball when we had Crabtree. I thought back to Aglar when he, he could fling the ball to get it to Aglar, right? Then when we got Rugs, it seemed like he got comfortable. So I don't know if it's a comfortable uh, place for him with Deshaun, but you know what? You better try it. You better try the weapons that you got. Use what you have. You have to adapt, man. That's what this is all about. And then when it comes to the leadership part, yes, I love that he's a man of God. I'm, I love that he believes in his team. But guess what? Sometimes you got to approach it different, and maybe that's where uh, Gruden was. Maybe Gruden was the loud, in-your-face voice. I'm going to tell you something I know. I'm a, I'm a veteran, and I was a drill sergeant, and I went to Desert Storm. And guess what? I was put in situations where I had to figure out how to get my soldiers to move forward. They weren't thinking about their family and oh woe was me. We had to get from one place to the other and get it done. So I was in your face on some guys and on uh, other guys I knew how to step back. We gotta learn to do that. Let's go, Derek. Yep. Let's got your butt up.
1: Thanks, Reggie. Got to run, man. Got to wrap up the call at some point. Good call. Derek knows this. Derek knows everything that the callers are saying. He knows all of this. Derek is aware of social media. Derek is aware of NFL Network. Derek is aware of all the criticism and what's happening. He is aware of all of it, and he has the ability to step up and quiet the critics. As I always say, the wolves are at the door. When the wolves come out of the forest and the wolves are at the door, you know they're there. He knows they're there. He needs a big game. And I think what's fascinating to everybody is that he just hasn't had a big game in a month, and he has the weapons to do it. He does. And others would argue that he doesn't have the offensive line to do what he wanted to do, and he lost rugs, and Josh Jacobs is not the running back we thought we were. Figure it out. Figure it out. Run more. The one thing that he can do that can make him a better quarterback in a league and a division is he's got to run more. Because this team can't get a first down. They can't get one because everybody's covered. Supposedly, if everybody's covered 12, 15, 16 yards downfield, then run for six yards and move the chains. And when you do move the chains, run up to the line of scrimmage with another play and call it. Call it. Be Derek Carr. Snake called all his plays with the direction of Madden and Flores and everything. He called the game. And Snake played on better teams than Derek Carr. We know that. We know that Snake's in the Hall of Fame. We know what Gannon has done. We've seen Plunkett be able to do it. Derek's got to do that now. He's the quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. He's got to have bigger moments and bigger games. And it's got to start on Thanksgiving. I mean, who doesn't see this? I know that he sees it. So let's go. Let's have a big game. Let's get behind him and hope he comes out and throws for 350 yards. He's going up against Dak. Dak's going to try to do that. Reuben in Vegas. Happy Thanksgiving, Ruben. Thanks for calling in.
2: Happy Thanksgiving, JT. Happy birthday. And, thank you. Uh, and thank,
3: thank you for being our voice. Like, everything you just said right now was in my mind. Everything that you have been saying in the monologue. And how you said that Derek Carr listened to NFL Network social media. Tell them to listen to Radio Nation Radio because all your all of our shows, uh, Clay, you, being you guys are all saying the same thing. And, and like I said, we just want to win. We just want to have a good time. I, myself, I'm flying out tomorrow for the game. So I'll be here in Dallas for the Thanksgiving game, representing the Raider Nation, representing Las Vegas to the fullest. And let's just get that win, man. Like I said, thank you, J.T., for everything. Man. I love everything you said today. The truth. Well, thank Happy you. Happy
2: Thanksgiving. Have a good one. Let's
3: go.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. I am not Nostradamus, and thanks for the birthday wish. It's a random Tuesday. I got two radio shows. I did an unbelievable podcast. Wow. I got here early today to do a podcast with Willie Shaw. Once a Raider, always a Raider, the former defensive coordinator in what we're building, our next project. I hope you downloaded the four episodes we did for Tom Flores. Please do. It's a big, big, big job for me and the team here at Silver and Black Productions. I work with the best team in media. So we did a four-part series on Tom Flores, which I'm really proud of, something I always wanted to do with this team. And now we've moved on to Charles Woodson, and Charles Woodson kicked off the show. Coming up next, Joe Fortenbaugh. I think he's one of the sharpest guys in all of media. He's now in Vegas with ESPN. We'll talk about a gaming perspective of the Thanksgiving games. We'll look ahead and find out what Joe thinks. I think the Niners are surging, and the Raiders are stuck in first gear. He covers both teams. Good to be here inside the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Tuesday, I'm ready to roll. Raiders got to get a win on Thanksgiving on Raider Nation Radio.
0: Well, again, I, think, you know, I respect Derek's opinions, but I, I look at what we did on the first drive on defense, and we got the ball turned over, and we got the ball to plus nine, and we didn't do a very good job of coming out of there with points. We ended up getting a field goal. We'd like to have a touchdown in that situation. So, again, he has the right to his opinion. I, I thought we played with great energy early in the game.
1: That's Rich Basaccia, and he has the right to his opinion too. He's the head coach of this team, and he's under enormous pressure. When you're the interim coach, you've got to win to be the head coach. So can you imagine what he's going through? Rich Bisaccia is a football guy, a lifer, coached around the league at a high level, highly respected, and he's got to win a game now. And he's going back to where he coached and had his most success well up there because he won a Super Bowl ring with Tampa, and he had a lot of success with special teams in Dallas. But now he's the head coach of the Raiders. And he's going back to a place where he's well-known, knows Jerry Jones in ownership. He wants to win this game. I would think that would bring out the best, the absolute best in Rich Passaccia to have to go out there and, and get it rolling. It has to because this team can no longer have the excuse that they're flat. They can't have the excuse that they're flat. No more. You can't have the excuse that you're flat and you have nothing and you're starting off slow. And I, I'm just shocked by that. I'm shocked that this team – now is looking around wondering what it's going to take to get the offense, offense going, especially with the offense that they have and the players that they have who are remaining. So I don't, know, I don't know what to tell you about this and what needs to happen, but they better play faster. They better play faster on Thanksgiving Day, and they better be ready to go, and they have to be able to go early on in this game. This team is just not starting fast. And they have to jump in with speed, energy, physical violence, prepared to play on Thanksgiving. Because all these teams that are playing on Thanksgiving are a hot mess. I mean, you look at this, all these teams, when was the last time that every team that was going into Thanksgiving and playing on Thanksgiving are all coming off a loss? Bears, Lions, Raiders, Cowboys, Bills, and Saints. All of them. So all of them, this is the football we're going to get on Thanksgiving. So how are we going to get better football on Thanksgiving? Well, it better be the Raiders in the middle game on CBS in Arlington, Texas. Because all of the pregame shows, all of the analysts are going to be telling us how the Raiders can't win and the wheels are coming off. Here it is again. The wheels are coming off. The Raiders are this. The Raiders are that. And the Raiders can't get a win. So I'm just trying to... Trying to be a little voice of optimism here because I remember when this team was five and two. And I remember when they were getting up to the ball and attacking downfield and playing with confidence and speed. You don't have confidence because you can't beat the Giants? You're not gonna ta- you're not attacking the Giants because you think the Giants are gonna take away what you want to do. Now you're playing Dallas. Figure it out. You're pros. The season's on the line, it's on the brink. Go save the season. The great Joe Fortenbaugh, kind enough to join us from ESPN. What a great job he does from a gaming perspective. You hear him on ESPN radio. And Joe, every team coming into Thanksgiving, coming off a loss, how do you even start handicapping these games after what we saw this past Sunday?
3: Well, you know, let's take a look at situations where there might be overreactions, for example, right? Let's find the teams that did really well in spots where we didn't think they'd do well, and maybe there's a big letdown, or teams that laid an egg and might be coming back. I just heard you and very well said on the situation with the Raiders. They've got to figure it out. The, the, the season's hanging on the brink. You're coming off a pretty bad loss against the Bengals. I think the final score might be a little misleading. It was much tighter, and then Cincinnati kind of took control in the fourth there. So the Raiders on this current losing streak are probably going to be undervalued going into this game against Dallas. The one thing that stands out to me big number laying eight, you're north of a touchdown. Thursday night game, quick turnaround. Obviously, it's Thanksgiving. What worries me, though, is we saw Dallas earlier this year get rocked in a football game just a few weeks ago by Denver. And they came back the next week and blew the doors off Atlanta. So they've shown us this year that they can be resilient off a loss. If I'm the Raiders, I'm looking to withstand the first 15 minutes of this game because an onslaught could be coming. But Dallas is pretty banged up. Amari Cooper out for this game. There's an opportunity there. The Raiders just have to figure out how to attack vertically down the field. they got to spread it out. Carr had nowhere to go. They couldn't get the running game going against Cincinnati. you got to be able to take some deep shots down the field.
1: Joe, what's going on with Buffalo, my Super Bowl pick this year? I I just thought they were going to slaughter teams, and especially New England. I thought they'd sweep New England, they'd sweep Miami, they'd sweep the Jets, they'd have one of those old Patriot years of Tom Brady where they'd have six wins in the bank, like a Floyd Mayweather fight after six rounds that we've been to together. What has happened with the Bills? What's the message in that locker room? And how come Josh Allen can't get going?
3: That's the thing. It's so wild because normally when you have a step back like this, like a key player may have left, a key player may have gotten hurt, there may have been a coaching change, and, and there's none of that. <clears throat> there's none of that with the Bills. I was willing to chalk up the Jacksonville game as an egg. It's pro football. You don't need to go 17-0. and This isn't college football. You're not winning on style points. You have a bad week, so what? You bounce back. And they found a way to do that. And then this game this past weekend against Indy – Look, Indy's a team that's trending in the right direction later in the year, all right? They're not a doormat. They're, they're, they're above average. But to come into your house and just get beat up like that, it seemed like at every turn that team was not ready to play. Every time they'd get a stop, there was a penalty. Someone was offside. Someone was holding defensively. Josh Allen's forcing the ball, and I think that's the issue right now is that you paid your quarterback huge money, and he took a step backwards. Not to say that the contract was a mistake or that Allen was a fluke. He just took a step backwards, and as a result, the offense isn't humming the way it was last year. I don't know if maybe they thought after one big season they were just going to roll the ball out there. Patriots were dead. They were going to win 13 games and compete for a Super Bowl but you got to come to work every single week and right now that is not a team that is playing consistent football and sitting on the seventh seed with a Thursday night game in New Orleans. I know the Saints are down but that place is going to be rocking. You can't be turning the ball over and commit all these stupid mistakes with the penalties. You got to play clean football and you got to get the defense off the field.
1: Joe Fortenbaugh, who's better than him? Everybody should be required to bring this energy to radio. Check him out at ESPN, Daily Wager, all the work he does on their podcast and on radio. Joe, I thought one of the biggest wins of the entire year with the Niners win against the Rams, if they lose, they go to three and six. No matter what, the season's over. They couldn't buy a win at Levi Stadium. It would have been another home loss, and everybody would have been talking about Shanahan and Lynch getting fired. They won that game, and they played their best game. Now they win a cupcake game. After that, they're five and five. They're right there with the Vikings, right outside the playoffs. Here, I think the Niners saved their season. How do you see it?
3: They're there. They're in the hunt because a few teams are down that we probably expected to be more competitive. I think Seattle was viewed by many as a team that would be more competitive. They're not. Minnesota's coming on strong here, but they were supposed to be better. Um, and in the NFC East, you probably thought maybe one team outside of Dallas would compete, but they're not. Saints being down as well. <laughs> Carolina not peaking. There's opportunity there for teams like the Niners to kind of close strong. It's tough because there are games you see San Francisco play where they look very sharp, very well organized. The Jacksonville game was a prime game for a letdown. You just played Monday night, you beat your divisional rival. You got to travel across the country, short week, early start time. The Jags had been very good from a pressure standpoint on defense the previous two games, and you just popped them right in the mouth, right in the mouth, and, and, and sent them home packing, highlighting how bad of a job Urban Meyer has done with that team so far this year. So now what do I do? Do I believe the Niners are ready to turn it around? Because I remember a couple weeks ago how they played against Colt McCoy and the Cardinals. I remember early in the season some of the massive letdowns and mistakes these guys were making. It wasn't a surprise to see them play well against the Rams. It was Monday Night Football, and Shanahan and McVay came up together in Washington under Kyle's dad, Mike Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has had ridiculous success against the spread against Sean McVay because he knows what he likes to do. So then you go out and beat Jacksonville. Now what are you going to do about Minnesota this weekend? It's a team that's trending right, but I don't know if I can trust Garoppolo week in, week out. I don't know if I can trust that defense, especially the secondary week in, week out. they got to keep the running game going. So for right now they look good, but I'm not buying in just yet. I've seen this team fall on its face more than once this season.
1: Wrapping it up with Joe Fortenbaugh. Joe, have you seen anything recently like what the Patriots have done? Two and four at home, 5-0 and oh away. The five-game winning streak, Mac Jones, some were fading him coming out of the draft. Others were buying him as a value play. Think of the teams that didn't take him and wish they had him now. What do you think about the Patriots going forward? Because in theory, Joe, they can lose four in a row. They have a gauntlet coming up right now. And if they weren't playing at this level, I think they'd lose four in a row. I mean, this schedule is Titans at Bills at Colts, Bills and A week ago, two weeks ago, I thought maybe they'd lose four in a row. Now maybe a split. Maybe they win three out of four. I think it's two and two worst case. You probably split with Buffalo
3: and you beat Tennessee because they're down Derrick Henry, and their defense leaves a lot to be desired. We saw that this past week against Houston. So two and two I think should be the baseline for what New England achieves there. The thing about them that has to raise your level of intrigue is that the, the le- how much they've improved throughout the course of the season. You, you can't say that about everyone. You and I root for teams. You're a Giants guy from back in the day. Uh, I'm an Eagles guy. We're both from the East Coast. You know, the Giants stink. The Eagles have shown some life, but for the last few years, post-Super Bowl, they've been a disaster. Some of these teams just fall off a cliff as the season goes on. They get worse and worse and worse. And with New England, that's a Belichick hallmark. His team always improves throughout the course of the year. People will focus on Mac Jones as they should. It's a great story. But the defense has been sensational this season. They've been absolutely sensational. So right now I know a lot of people are buying in that they could make a legitimate run I'm still holding back a little bit, but I think the path is there because Kansas City has shown uh, weaknesses. Baltimore has shown weaknesses. Pittsburgh is weak. Buffalo has some weaknesses. And ultimately, you go through all these teams and you think, well, there should have been a bunch of squads ahead of New England, and now right now all of them have issues. Derrick Henry being out with Tennessee, the Colts getting off to the slow start. There's an opportunity for a dark horse to rise up in the AFC. Rookie quarterbacks never made it to the Super Bowl, so it has to be a first with Mac Jones, but this team is, is, is playing as well as anybody right now. I mean, that Thursday night at Atlanta, Baltimore was laying a touch, was what? Laying points. They go down to Miami. They get their face kicked in. The following week, it's the same situation for the Patriots. They annihilate the Falcons. That's what good teams do. They handle the teams in front of them that they should. Baltimore couldn't get it done that week. The Patriots did. We gotta respect them until further notice.
1: Joe happy holidays the last question how do you how do you explain on television and radio what's happening this year from a gaming perspective is it crazier is it a stat something that we could wrap this up with uh, how hard it is for the public to pick games or what's happening with the sportsbook directors who's winning who's losing when I see the Texans beating the Titans when I see the bills not show up at home it's got to make this more difficult yeah under Underdogs have been fantastic this year. Underdogs entered
3: last weekend hitting at about 57%. So if you were blindly betting them, you were doing well. Last three weeks, it was well over 60% they were hitting. So the underdogs have been barking a lot this season. Home field advantage isn't necessarily worth as much as it used to be. Teams are figuring out how to travel better, how to optimize performance better. So you're getting better performances from road teams. In college football outside of Georgia, it looks wide open. My message would be this. If you're looking around in the NFL, especially in the futures market, maybe mess around with some teams and take some shots as to who's going to win the AFC and who's going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think we have a clear-cut number one. You could point to the Packers, but how often do they blow it in the NFC championship game? And the AFC, like we just said, it's wide open, JT. So I think if you want to mess around, find a team – Do some schedule analysis for the second half of the season here. Find a team that's poised to win a bunch of games late and put themselves in a spot where they can make some noise and play the futures market because I think, especially in the AFC, there might be some opportunity. If the Chargers can get hot, if the Colts can get hot, the Colts are the type of team that if they get to the postseason and the schedule sets up nicely here, they can make a little bit of noise. They can run with the best of them. They play good defense. If the quarterback can stop turning the ball over by throwing left handed interceptions, they They could make some noise in that postseason, so I'd look to Indy as well.
1: Let's get a holiday cocktail, Joe. Good to talk to you. Add a lot to our shows. Thank you.
3: My man, it's always a pleasure. Love you, JT. Happy Thanksgiving to all the great
1: listeners out there. Thank you, Joe. Joe Fortenbaugh. Again, I'm happy I have a tiny, tiny, small, small part in putting him on the radio a bunch back in the day. He is phenomenal. He is great. Vegas is fortunate to have him. He can cover any sport. From a gaming perspective and multiple sports, love having Joe Fortenbaugh on the air. Well, wow, that went fast. Charles Woodson into Joe Fortenbaugh. One of my mentors, Mike North, next hour. And you on the phones, brought to you by Grimaldi's. Yes, my wife tonight is getting Grimaldi's for me on my birthday. Don't Birthdays on Tuesdays aren't fun. I celebrate them on the weekends, especially the last couple of weekends. Vegas has been a party, thanks to Grimaldi's best pizza I ever had.
0: Well, it's the penalties, you know, that are coming up. You know, self-inflicted wounds. um, You know, we just got to play with more discipline. And, you know, it's an aggressive game, and, you know, we talked a lot about getting off and, and getting that rush going. And uh, you just got to make good decisions on some of those opportunities. You know, we had a sack taken away in one opportunity, and uh, we were out the field on a third down. Could have had real good field position for our offense after a punt. But, uh, you know, so we just got to be more disciplined in those situations.
1: Come on, Gus! Get on the bus with Gus! Brought to you by Resorts World. Everything inside of Resorts World blows me away. Blows me away, especially Doghouse Saloon, our home, for Monday Night Football. The Giants fire Jason Garrett. Giants fire Jason Garrett. We saw that last night. Daniel Jones was god-awful. Regressed. Jason Garrett was sitting there like a zombie on the sidelines, and he got fired today. This is the time of year if you want to keep your coaching job, go out and win games. Turn the season around. Nothing's guaranteed. You've got to find a way to win games with the season on the line. Stoner Dude, great to hear from you today. Happy Thanksgiving in advance. And happy birthday to you, JT.
0: Crank
3: up the rush tunes and celebrate, man. Hey, I've always been a Derek Carr believer. For eight years, I've been believing in Derek Carr. And I still believe in Derek Carr because I know what he could do, but I was in disbelief last week in JT. The body language. He looked disengaged on the sideline. His face, facial expression looked like he saw a ghost. Snap out of it, man. I'm still waiting for Trayvon Merritt's first interception. I know what this team can do, and I don't know what it's going to take to get it going because we've talked about it. We've broke it down as much as we can, but I do know this. Raiders Cowboys is my dream matchup for a Super Bowl. And the second best thing is Thanksgiving on a national audience. I'm going to wake up that day, Thursday, JT. I'm going to go on a food gluttonous stoner food tour and go to about three or four different places and load up on
1: pumpkin pie. I'm going to stop by and see you at the M. Have a great birthday, JT. You got it, buddy. Look forward to it. Yeah, we'll be at the M Resort Spa and Casino that day. My wife, last night as I was on the air from home, came back from grocery shopping for Thanksgiving, and my sons are not home to help unload the groceries, and I was working And uh, my wife came home, and the entire kitchen, she was getting ready for Thanksgiving. It's just my youngest son who's coming home. He's a freshman at ASU. My oldest son is driving from Norman, Oklahoma to Dallas. He's diehard Raider Nation, trying to connect my son, John, with Gorilla Rilla, the original Raider Mike. Anybody who's got the tailgate in Dallas, help a brother out. I want to send my son into that. My son's been going to tailgates at Raider games since he's been three years old. And I got to get him in there for the mojo. Got him a salute to service uh, pullover. He's all worked up. All worked up because he's at school in Oklahoma, and he's got a Raider flag in his fraternity house. He lives in Vegas. Everybody there is a Dallas fan. So it's a big week for him. He is ready to go. He is ready to tailgate, ready to go, and have a good Thanksgiving, and we'll see him Over Christmas, the line opened up, Dallas minus seven, now it's at eight. Circa and the Superbook have it at eight. Total on the game is 50 and a half, depending on where you're shopping here. No one's giving the Raiders a chance to win this game. Maybe to cover. Raiders have been a disaster when it comes to gambling on them, especially some of the games at home. And what we thought about with Kansas City, as they were a home underdog, and they were a home underdog against Cincinnati. And they got slaughtered in the fourth quarter of that game. And again, I'm just sick and tired of teams coming into Vegas. And for everybody who talks about the fans, get over it. We've talked about it. You can't change it. I can't change it at all. We can't change anything. All we can do at this time is sit back and talk about how the Raiders can get a game. How could the Raiders win a game with everything on the line? And what they're going to need to do is they're going to need to put their feelings behind them put their feelings behind them, and show up. And show up angry, show up ready to play, play football the way Fred Belitnikoff played against Kansas City back in the day, the way Cliff Branch played, the way Ken Stabler played. Show up and play like a Raider on Raider Nation Radio.